Green and Gold Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in oh, today's yeah. show, yes, Chris is back and it's time for our fantasy <laughs> year in review show. We've got awards. We've got our bold takes recap on today's show. We got our rankings contest results. I'm really excited. This is going to be a fun one. It's probably going to be a long oh, yeah. show, but basically... Mm-hmm. What we'll be doing, we'll be starting off today by recapping the results of our rankings competition from our preseason rankings, then going into bold takes. So we recap. And if you remember, if you're a loyal listener of the podcast, back in the preseason, we recorded some bold takes to play back on this episode and see how we did. So we'll be doing that. And so I kind of had to look through these to like find the bold takes. So for some of these, I kind of know what's coming but Chris has literally no idea what he's about to hear. And so we're going to have some genuine reactions for sure on today's show. And then after that, we'll be doing fantasy awards, just like we did last year, the second annual SGF pod award show. And it should be so much fun. And Chris, mm-hmm. we're both excited for this show. I know you're back. Very excited. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You ready to get started? I am so ready. Let's do this. All right. So first, I guess we've got rankings contest and I teased it on Thursday on the Thursday show. This rankings contest was super, super close. And before actually we start, I just want to clarify that this episode, I mean, it's releasing on Monday, but we're recording this on Friday before week 18. So we don't actually know what happens in week 18, but that doesn't really matter because that doesn't matter for fantasy. And I also want to clarify that you can follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, of course, if you want to, uh, at SGF pod for the podcast, follow Chris at Chris underscore SGF and send fantasy questions over there or to second and goal fantasy at gmail.com. Yep. All right, here we go. Now let's get to it. So rankings and let's see. All right, here we go. I've got it pulled up. So it was very close, like I teased, but the 2021 winner of the rankings competition was me. Let's go. I defeated Chris by a margin of 6.2%. And running through the categories, every category was pretty close, but I won quarterbacks by 1.9%. I won running backs by 9.5%. I won wide receivers by 4.4%. I won tight ends by 9.6%. I won defenses by 6.7%. And then Chris won kickers by 3.4%. Kickers. (laughs) Kickers for the win for Chris. But I mean, can you, you, it's crazy to see that. It was incredibly close this year. Mm -hmm. Like I won five of the six categories, but none were by more than 10%. So Mm -hmm. clearly, I mean, I really wasn't that much better than Chris. But because I won most of the categories, I'm just going to flex that I'm the better ranker. And now you should follow my rankings because it says on the website, which is linked in the description, I am the most accurate ranker on the show. Chris, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this? Sure. All I know is, do you, Kevin, do you want to go to the overall, just like across all the rankings, like all time? Oh, I guess we could. So yeah, we decided to do that after we got our 2021 rankings in. Chris thought of the idea to find out our overall all-time most accurate and he is still the all-time most accurate ranker by a margin of 0.2 percent guys and so for quarterbacks running backs tight ends and kickers he is still the most accurate i am still dominant on wide receivers and defenses and yeah that's all there is to it really Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah 0.2 oh i know guys it was crazy if you're looking for the most consistent ranker over all both years turn to chris sgf well if you're looking for the most recent and first of all, you didn't even know your own Twitter handle with the, I forgot the underscore, but if, if you were looking for the most, the recently, who was the best ranker who nearly swept every category, except Chris, who like barely snuck one out in kickers and basically lucked into it, as we know, then you should go to me who won by 6.2% this year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a hard decision here, guys. Oh man, this is going to be fun. But yeah, next year, I can't wait for the third annual already. Like I'm already so excited to find out who wins next year because that'd really be the tie break. Cause Chris, it's so close right now. 0.2%. We both basically have won one. So now it's time to find out who is truly better. And that'll be next year, but we'll have to wait for that. But I guess we get to find out who is better in the bold takes, which is coming up right now. So we got, I recorded 10 bold takes throughout the off season. Obviously, Chris stepped down as a full-time host after six takes, but we'll still hear his six, and then we'll react to all of them. And uh, Chris, I guess, are you ready for that? I guess we can jump right in. We've given our results. So yeah, do you want to jump into bold takes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do okay. It. I'm kind of nervous here. So I've got the first three bold takes, like each for us, pulled up on like a podcast bold takes thing folder. And we'll like pause, Chris. You can like text me when you want to pause. I'll pause. And or just message me in the Zoom, I guess. 
and then I will play some of them back. I've got to get up the audios, the specific spots in some of the shows, and that might take a second, but I'll be able to do that on the show. And then we can play them back. So I'm kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And your bold take is showing up first in my thing. So I think we have to play oh, no. yours first. Oh goodness. Here we go. Like, I don't remember these guys. I'm oh really man. Nervous. Okay. Let me I just make no- sure. Okay. I'm sharing the computer sound. So this should be working. Oh my gosh. I don't want to click this. I'm like, I'm nervous. I don't even want to hear. It's kind of scary, but I guess here we go. This is, feels like episode hundred all over again, guys. Well, I don't know why we have to keep going through this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. At least it's like regular voices for us. Okay, so you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh goodness, here we go. All right, here goes. <laughs> okay, here we go. My bold take is that Jameis Winston will be a top eight quarterback. <laughs> and I guess I should go for some reasoning. It's kind of nerve-wracking. Uh, we'll be looking back at this in time. And this is, uh, my, this is my big bold take. I got to give some good information. I wasn't this fully isn't edited prepared out. We're to do this. We're not editing this out for later. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm looking back on this high future self. Uh, I really hope I'm not wrong here or that he's <laughs> a starter. But I really like James Swinson. He has a, a ton of options uh, in the passing game, which he really didn't have. Or, well, he uh, did have them in Tampa, but I really feel like the one thing he was missing was that check down option. And that's Alvin Kamara, which I mean, having that type of running back, it really allows James Winston to open open himself up, but still have a, a much better option if things fail. Because one of the, I think one of the biggest problems with him was he always tried to make a big play happen. And uh, kind of similar to Daniel Jones, he struggled a lot because he would just loft the ball downfield or something instead of making this smart play. And I think a lot of that was due to the fact that he had Ronald Jones as his number one RB. And we've seen year after year that Ronald Jones is not that strong of an RB, uh, as a pa- at least as a pass catcher. And so I think that that upgrade to Alvin Kamara is going to help him. The coaching staff, I'm sure, is going to be all over him on making sure he's checking down because they know what they've got in, in Kamara. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just really excited. I think there's a ton of potential here. Michael Thomas uh, as his number one receiver is incredible. And, uh, I mean, we were just doing a sparkle the other day. It'll be a long time ago. We might not be even, maybe we'll still be doing sports. <laughs> the other day, the like six months ago. <laughs> yep. By the time I get to this, maybe we'll still be doing sporkles. But uh, if we're not, we did a sporkle <laughs> the other day. I feel like that was like the last sporkle we ever did. Okay. I know. But I think, okay, we were trying to contain ourselves <laughs> at the beginning to like not, we couldn't stop laughing like silently. Oh my goodness. What are your thoughts on this? So this is a great way to start it off. Um, I like how I, I mentioned my future self. So I say hello to my past self. Yeah, I, um, that. <laughs> I did not remember that. But uh, yeah, I thought my reasoning was really great. And honestly, I feel like if Michael Thomas hadn't gone injured, then things could have gone differently. So I'm not going to take an L on that one. I'm not going to take that as an L. <laughs> no L's. I refuse to take an L. <laughs> Wait, oh where did God. James Winston end up finishing? Uh, I don't know. It was somewhere around like 20, probably, probably not that good. Yeah. I mean, but like, I mean, in points per game, he was probably like a QB two. Yeah, exactly. I remember that first game when he had like five touchdowns and 140 yards and you were like, guys, this is real. When they actually ended up doing pretty bad. He finished his QB 32, but he averaged 17.2 points per game, which would have put him probably as around a like solid QB two back in QB one. So I guess that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been a back end QB one. It looks like. Okay, so that's fair, but that was funny. And though. then that's with losing Michael Thomas, and yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I remembered the first part, but I forgot about like that we mentioned sporkles on there. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know if we're still doing sporkles six months from now. Yeah, I don't remember doing a sporkles since since then. Mm-hmm. That's that funny. Was funny. In fact, I'm not even doing second goal sports talk anymore. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't want to play mine, but here's mine. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here goes. My first bold take for 2021 fantasy football is that Calvin Ridley will be not the wide receiver three, not a top three wide receiver, not a top two wide receiver. Oh, no. The fantasy wide receiver one. And if this doesn't happen, I'm going to sound really stupid when you're listening to this in late December, early January. But I think Calvin Ridley will be the fantasy football wide receiver one next year. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. When Julio Jones was out, People were wondering, I mean, how good will Calvin Ridley be when Julio Jones is sitting out in these seven games that Julio Jones has sat over the last couple of years? Most of them were last year, which is why I say like when he was sitting out, people were wondering. Calvin Ridley only had one week outside of the fantasy football top 24 wide receiver finish. He was putting up numbers last year in the five games that Julio missed that were 
as good as anyone in football not named Devontae Adams. And I think he can exceed Devontae Adams this year because we don't know about Aaron Rodgers. We don't know if Rodgers is going to hold out from Green Bay. We don't know if he's going to be traded. We don't know if he will play. He might play. But I think as of right now, it's very, very unlikely in my eyes that Adams gets Rodgers at least for a full season or at all. It's I don't really th- oh I think Rodgers is serious this time. He's actually done with the Packers. Packers have had chances to win him back and they really haven't. So I'm really considering Devontae Adams just behind Calvin Ridley right now because we saw that Ridley has that ceiling. We've seen him catch catch lots of touchdown passes. He had 10 in his rookie year. Now he's the only wide receiver target there who's like viable. They've got Kyle Pitts at tight end, but Ridley will be the first read for the first time in his career. Okay, we're going to cut it off here. I like how I tried to cram two bad takes into one. (laughs) And so we got to hear my Rodgers takes all over again. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness, Calvin! I can take I it out on that one. I think reasoning was sound there, though, based on what he had done. And I mean, by the way, guys, this is not a good start. I do know it gets better from here, so don't like leave the podcast thinking we're idiots because we do have some that we hit on later on. This is not going to be like this the whole time. But I think, at least for the first couple, for me, I'm pretty sure I'm remembering I got off to a slow start. And Ridley, oh yeah, I mean, he didn't start off the season too well, then obviously left for mental health and stuff like that. He still would have been a wide receiver one in my eyes when he came back, but not the wide receiver one. And it wasn't turned out not very unlikely that Adams got Rodgers for the whole season or at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, I think I talked about Rodgers in another future take if I'm remembering correctly. Okay, so we got bold take two, but first, you ready for a little bonus bold take right here? Oh goodness, yes please. Uh, Chris is like, I don't know what you're doing right now. You're like out of camera, but here we go. I'm trying to plug in my computer at the moment. <laughs> Live plug-in computer sound effects on the pod. <laughs> okay, here we go. Bonus bold take. John Brown will finish behind Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, and Hunter Redfro in this Raiders offense in terms of fantasy points. And I thought you were stupid when you said that. Dominic used to play that back so many times. He used to laugh at me. <laughs> You can't John believe you made this. will goal. finish behind Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, <laughs> and Hunter Redfro in this Raiders you offense. Right. In terms of Hunter Redfro broke out. Henry Ruggs didn't break out, but he did well for a while, and that was enough to get John Brown, who was later cut. John Brown mm-hmm. will finish behind Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, and Hunter Redfro in this Raiders <laughs> So offense. that is a big W and an absolutely massive L for Calvin. I'm oh, really excited for that one. Oh, man. Jeez, I loved John Brown so much. Okay, mm-hmm. time to move on for bold take number two, Chris. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Here goes. All right. Okay. You want to do your bold take? Yep. Tell me when I should go. Never. Wait. Okay, wait like two minutes and just give them silence for two minutes, and then you can go. Okay. Wow, Here we go. <laughs> okay, go now. Najee Harris finishes as a top eight fantasy RB. That is my bold take. Um, I believe that he's going to get 250 plus carries and throughout history, every single RB within the last 10 years that's been drafted in the first round and gotten 250 plus carries has finished top eight. So I fully expect Najee Harris to do, to do the same thing, though he does have one of the worst offensive lines. He's got some of the best talent that we've seen. And so while I don't think that he has that top three potential that some of the first rounders did, I think that he definitely has the potential to still put together a top eight season. And that's why I have him there. He's extremely talented, and uh, he's shown a lot of promise. And, I mean, I think that the Steelers are going to have to rely a little bit more on the run game than a lot of people are expecting just because I'm a little bit worried about Big Ben, and he's going to be facing a lot of pressure. Um, I expect them to be looking to run a lot on first and second down and then a short yardage situation. And around the red zone, Najee is one of the best uh, red zone backs, so I expect him to be solid in the touchdown department as well. Nice, nice. You were completely accurate on this. And that was Everything was right on that. Najee Harris finished with 296 total carries, so he was above that 250 threshold that I said would need to happen for him to finish the top eight, which he did. And he, he was at the with... RB5 or something. Wait, where, mm-hmm. where did he even finish? Let's see. Final finish yeah. for Najee Harris. I'm going to go pull this up. But, I mean, yeah, literally everything you said was right. Like, Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. <laughs> not reliable. Yeah, Najee Harris, the fantasy RB4 in half PPR. Yeah, and he didn't have – I told you he didn't have top three potential. Finished his RB4. <laughs> oh yeah I, I cut it off the bold take midway through because i realized some of these get really really long so we're gonna have mm-hmm. to cut them off but like yeah that was nice that was a good take and i that hope was. you stuck around because now i hope you have some more trust in our fantasy intellect because that was a pretty mm-hmm. good one 
I think that might yeah. be your best one. Two in a row for me. Uh-huh. We'll find out. I put a note for myself that this bold take that I did was seven minutes long. We are not hearing all seven minutes. So <laughs> uh, let's listen to it. I think I know which one this is too, and it's not good, but it gets better. I feel like I will tease that like as the my bold takes started off rough, but I think that like they do get better as I go along. And I have quite mm-hmm. a few hits for later that you'll be able to hear. But for now, I get to embarrass myself some more. This one's a two-parter. This one might be one of the boldest ones you'll hear. I'm starting off fiery. Last week, it was Calvin Ridley would be the fantasy football wide receiver one. I played that back, except it's like two and a half minutes long. But as was Chris's, that was sort of a bonus bold take, the one you just heard. But yeah, two-parter. Kenny Galladay will finish as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. I currently have him ranked as the wide receiver 12. That could shift, but I don't plan on outside the top 12. And he will have more top 24 wide receiver weeks than DK Metcalf. This excludes week 18. All of our predictions do because week 18 has guys sitting out. But I think Kenny Galladay, a deep ball specialist, one of the best guys in terms of a contested catch, one of the best guys in 20 plus yard receptions, will be Daniel Jones's favorite target has 150 targets in the realm of possibilities here. He could, I mean, especially with the 17-game season, he's going to be one of the most targeted players, maybe top 15, top 10 in the league in terms of targets. He could even hit top five, to be honest. He's just that good. He could be the next Stephon Diggs. And, I mean, coming with Daniel, he's now with Daniel Jones, which a lot of people are questioning. A lot of people are unsure whether Daniel Jones can provide Kenny Galladay fantasy value, but this is a very similar situation to last year. There are some differences with, um, Josh Allen and Daniel Jones being improved by Stephon Diggs and then now being improved by Kenny Galladay, which I think will happen. But Josh Allen's deep ball talent and arm talent versus it along with Daniel Jones's, both of the guys have a lot of arm talent, which is um, what I'm trying to say. They can throw the ball far. They've done it since college. Allen was actually a lot less accurate than Daniel Jones was last year or two years ago in terms of deep ball passing. Jones's deep ball stats were actually really, really good. Had 39 attempts, which isn't the most ever, but completed 19 of them for 636 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. He had one of the highest grades of completion percentage above expectation last year, which, I mean, it's just counting his weapons and different factors, how many passes he should have completed. He had one of the highest percentages of that on deep balls, improved a ton from year one to year two, and now... Um, and was graded the highest deep ball pass, graded deep ball passer by next gen stats last year. So this is, there's no better guy to pair Kenny Galladay with. I mean, there probably are like Mahomes, obviously, but there's, it's, it's actually kind of, I mean, Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay really are really a perfect fit. And this is why I really, you really expect Daniel Jones to break out along with Galladay is because of his arm talent, because of his ability to get the ball to his subpar mm-hmm. receivers last year he and now he'll have a guy who he can feed and last year daniel jones the reason he didn't have the most deep attempt okay we're cutting this off because it's getting really long and i didn't even talk about metcalf but we know my thoughts on metcalf and mm-hmm. metcalf actually was like not that great he was i mean the wide receiver nine but pretty yeah, but, but i mean come on now kenny galladay oh goodness calvin he finished with 71 71 targets didn't quite reach that 150 that you were looking for <laughs> um and he was also the wide receiver 81 if i remember correctly mm-hmm. yep so that was a pretty bad take. Oh, and I even moved him up a spot to my wide receiver 11. Mm. Ooh. Man. Yeah, that was rough. Man, that was my signature take of the offseason. And I had some mm-hmm. other signature takes that fanned out. But again, that one did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Calvin, what are you over to? I'm two for three. Not... Oh, oh, I see. We're getting... <laughs> we're, we're doing records now. I mean, I guess, yeah, we well, the Nashi Harris one, definitely. The... Uh, John Brown went oh I guess so okay are we doing the records based purely on like should we do it I guess we should probably do it based on purely on like how well they actually did versus like how well we think they should have done but yeah I guess you would be two for three because I made Mm -hmm. you do the bonus bold take I would be like oh that doesn't count but I was like no I'm gonna be right on this one Mm -hmm. um so and I'm over two okay Mm -hmm. this one for you this next one apparently is over nine minutes long according to what I've told myself and I have no idea which one this is so yeah we'll find out here i don't know why it's over nine minutes my goodness here we go okay so calvin doesn't like it but i am a total believer in this indianapolis offense moving forward with carson wentz and michael pittman jr and i'm so uh set on this this offense being so good that i'm gonna go ahead and say that carson wentz will be a top 12 qb and michael pittman will be a top 
30 wide receiver. Um, I'm super ah, excited so for this year moving forward. Calvin <laughs> does not like it, but uh, I definitely have some stats to back it up. So obviously uh, I want to get one big thing out of the way, and that's uh, Carson Wentz moving to Indianapolis. I think that it's just a huge move for him. We saw that when he was with Frank Reich, the first year of his career, he put up MVP-like numbers. Then we saw Frank Reich go get signed by the Colts because of how dead well he did with uh, Carson Wentz. And so, I mean, I have total trust in him to help Carson Wentz and build an offense around him that Wentz is able to thrive in. We saw him do that in his first year in Philly. So I'm super excited about that. Um, he would have finished as a top eight QB, definitely, if he had not gotten injured uh, at the end of the season. Actually, I think he still might have finished as a top eight QB. So definitely uh, fantastic numbers under Coach Reich. And so that's just one thing that I'm most excited about. But I want to take a look back at why Carson Wentz struggled so much last year. Obviously, it was his decision-making, but also he really struggled against a lot of pressure. And that was one of the biggest problems for the Eagles. We saw, I mean, three of the guys from their offensive line got injured. I mean, this was one of the best offensive lines going into the year. And then it ended up being one of the worst by the end of the year just because of injuries. And so Carson Wentz was under, under a ton of pressure. But here's some stats that I want you to hear, Calvin. With a clean pocket, Wentz was 194 for 295 passing for 2,053 yards and 12 touchdowns. So those are really impressive numbers to me. And I think that now going into to an offensive line where they have Quinton Nelson and they have, I mean, this is one of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, and that's not even debatable, the Indianapolis Colts. So I think that Wentz is going to have a lot of time in the pocket. And, and uh, now he's got a coach that's going to be able to fit his play style. There's a lot of good things moving forward for Carson Wentz. All right. That was good. I could, I mean, Carson Wentz, QB 15. So yeah, Carson, quite. Carson Wentz, Calvin, if you if you're curious, if he had scored three more fantasy points, he would have been a top 12 QB. Really? Yeah. Carson, Derek Carr, was at 255.62 fantasy points and he finished his QB 12. Carson Wentz finished with 252.92. So, okay. I mean, yeah, that was a pretty good take. Mm-hmm. And Michael Pittman, Michael wide receiver Pittman. 21. Oh, I'm actually seeing, oh, I'm looking at standard, but yeah. And half PPR wide receiver 21. So, yeah, I'll give it to you. You got it. Oh, my goodness. That's another epic take. And I hate how Three I, said it was, I said it was so bad, too. Why did I think it was so bad? That was a good take. Mm-hmm. I was not in a mood to listen to that episode, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> there, somehow there were seven minutes more of us talking about that. I don't know how. I think oh we kind of covered it there. But, mm-hmm. yeah. You want to move on? That was pretty good. So, I guess you're three for four. Not a bad start mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. You okay, can go ahead and count with yours. Okay. Here we go. All right. My bold take. Daniel Jones will finish with more fantasy points than Aaron Rodgers this year. Why so many? Another Giants fantasy take. I've talked about Daniel Jones so much. I didn't fact, remember this one. I forgot. I, I don't even remember. I might. I think I talked. I talked about him later on today's <laughs> teaser there. But Daniel Jones going to be a stud next year with Kenny Galladay. This is going to be the guy who will elevate Daniel Jones to the next level. Currently, I have him as my quarterback, fifteen which is a little bit low for someone who's going to be elevated to the next level. I just, this quarterback class is just so deep this year. There's just, it's hard for me to rank him ahead of Fitzpatrick or Baker Mayfield or Matthew Stafford. Although that might change if I think about it more. Um, Daniel Jones's deep ball passing last year was one of the traits he was best at graded out as the highest rated deep ball passer by next gen stats, 19 for 39, 636, five touchdowns, no interceptions was his stat line, 14.8% completion percentage above expectation. Now he gets Kenny Galladay, one of the best contested catch receivers in the league. He's still got Evan Ingram to throw to underneath who Albeit he does drop the ball a lot, but he gets open a decent amount. Kadarius Tony, a nice little gadget player who has the ability to take short throws to the house. Like the, a guy like Kadarius Tony isn't going to be a consistent fantasy producer in year one. But what can happen is if Daniel Jones throws him a screen and Kadarius takes it for a touchdown, maybe you've just made an average game into like a really good game for Daniel Jones. And like when you have an explosive guy like that, he can make the quarterback play better for fantasy football. So Daniel Jones is my quarterback 15. Aaron Rodgers is currently my quarterback 16. I may even move him back a little bit from that, but he is currently behind Daniel Jones and he will stay there. Aaron Rodgers, while a great player, I just don't think he's going to play this year. My prediction is he holds out. The Packers have clearly, they've reported that they've offered him a lot of money. We talked about it on last week's show, more per year than Patrick Mahomes. I love Rodgers as a player. So does everyone, but I just don't see him playing this year. I think it's more likely than not that he holds out for at least a good amount of the season. Okay, wait, were you raising your hand to talk? But I mean, I think we could- No, I was just like raising my hand because it was so incredibly bad. Just like (laughs) a a hand of disgust. 
You got everything wrong on that take, Calvin. Everything. Okay, we. I promise, guys, it gets better. But these three to start off were so bad. Oh, for three for Calvin, three for four for Chris. Oh man, I don't like to hear that. It gets better, guys. I promise you, it gets better. It has to. I mean, it does. I've heard some of these, (laughs) but um, okay. Guess let me go pull up the fourth one, and I gotta pull this up manually now. Um, at the nine fifteen mark of this RB preview episode. And oh, great. Thank goodness it's not working. I think I have to play it for one sec to be able to scroll. Okay. Sorry, guys. You're going to have to be hearing that beginning of the intro a lot <laughs> while I skip. And all right, we're, we're about there. Here we go. Um, oh, this is, I actually put it about 20 seconds early, but this is Chris's. So you just get to hear us talk for 20 seconds and then hear, we'll hear Chris's bold take. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Picked him up um, just again. You, yeah. Very high upside. Yeah, you got him two rounds after I did, and I was happy where I got him. So it was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that's pretty much our teams. We're happy. Go let us know on Twitter what you think. Follow us at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF, at SGF pod. Um, <laughs> let's move on to bull takes. Do you want to go first, Chris, or shall I? Sure, I'll go first. All right. Okay. Go ahead. My first bull take is, as I mentioned earlier, Brandon Ayuk will finish as a top 15 wide receiver. (laughs) I mean, my main reasoning why is I really like the quarterback that's coming in. I think that Ayuk has kind of developed into the number one guy um, in that offense. And I think one of the main concerns going forward for him this year is Debo Samuel limiting him. But I really think that Ayuk has carved out his role as the number one receiver. (laughs) We know Jimmy G loves to throw to him. So um, I'm comfortable with him while Jimmy G is in. And then Trey Lance, I think, has a lot of potential to be a really great passer. I think it's just going to open this offense up even more. I mean, he's going to have great protection. So he's going to be able to find Ayuk down the field as well. So, I mean, I just really like the direction this offense is moving. And Ayuk showed a lot of flashes being extremely talented. So I think that he'll be targeted a lot in this offense. And so in a high-powered offense as the number one wide receiver, I don't see why Ayuk can't finish as a top 15 wide receiver. You should have changed all of that to Debo Samuel, and you would have sounded great. I really should have. Oh, my gosh. That was bad. <laughs> Three for five, for sure. Okay. Here, let's skip ahead to mine. I've got it at 13.05. So, let's scroll a little bit. And because we talked about this for a little while. All right. We're here. Yeah, so, but uh, I, don't I just think shocking. there's a lot of things that can go right for Ayuk. And talent shines through. And he showed <laughs> a ton of talent last year. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't mind it as much as last week's take. At all. <laughs> That's for sure. My bold take, Tevin Coleman will finish with more fantasy points this season than Michael Carter. Oh, my God. I have talked about this Ah! for a while. I I decided to finally put it in a bold take. I didn't want to lead off with it because it's just kind of a lame one to lead off with since it's so nitpicky. And both these guys are at the back of drafts. But I think Chris is really underselling Tevin Coleman's ability. I mean, Tevin Coleman's – and it's not really, like, as much about Tevin Coleman's ability, but – Chris is definitely underselling him. In 2020 and 2019, he had an injury-riddled few seasons with the 49ers. In 2019, he missed uh, – he only started 11 games. He missed two uh, in total and um, ran – had four yards of carry, so not too bad. But in 2020, he only started one game, missed eight, and just had an atrocious season because he never really was able to get going. But in 2018 with Atlanta, that was really his breakout season. In uh, 16 games, 14 starts, 167 carries, 800 rushing yards, four touchdowns, 4.8 yards per carry, and 32 receptions for 276 yards. So he showed he could do it in both the running and passing game, at least to some extent, which is, I mean – I'm not saying there won't be a timeshare here, but I think Tevin Coleman will lead the backfield in touches this year over Michael Carter because, I mean, he's proven he can do it. He's got the experience. He's, he's got the um, – the, he has the chemistry with Mike LaFleur, who he played with in other uh, in other oh destinations and other stops. And he has proven that he can be productive and efficient. And, it, it, yes, he has never really – he has had some times where like Devonte Freeman was out in Atlanta where he was the one guy and he was pretty good in that role. He's always best though in a timeshare where, he, but he can still definitely lead a timeshare and he can have a decent load of touches like he has showed. But the other side of this I want to show is fourth round running backs almost never work out. Michael Carter is a fourth round running back. And when you look back at history, like, listen, I will read you the names of the fourth round running backs drafted in 2020 and before. 
Joshua Kelly, LaMichael Pirine, Anthony McFarland, DJ Dallas, Bryce Love, Justice Hill, Benny Snell, Tony Pollard, Naheem Hines, Mark Walton, Ito Smith, Kalen Bolage, Chase Edmonds, Samaje Pirine, Tariq Cohen, Joe Williams, Donald Pumphrey, Jamal Williams, Wayne Gallman, Marlon Mack, Tyler Irvin, Kenneth Dixon, Devontae Booker, Jeremy Langford, Jolston Fowler, Javorius Allen, Mike Davis. That's since 2015. That was a, okay. Oh man, I'm 0 for 4. And I guess we could say 0 for 5 mm-hmm. because that John Brown take was technically mine too. Oh, goodness, Calvin. It gets it's better, rough. though. It actually does. It actually does. For real. Mm-hmm. But I had forgotten this one was the Tevin Coleman take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Tevin Coleman take was bad. And I was right about Michael Carter. That was, like, directed at me, too, because I like Michael Carter. You didn't even have him that high, it turned out. But, yeah, you were you were right about Tevin Coleman. And I was wrong. And it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman and John Brown disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ready for the fifth bold take? I mean, I, I need some, yep. I need some spice. I need some more like these. Are, I can't just handle me sounding stupid for the whole episode. <laughs> okay, we're skipping to six twelve for your bold take. All right. Um. Oh, here it is. Hmm. Let's do bold takes. Would you like me to go first, Chris, or would you like to go? I'll go first. <laughs> this one's funny. Davis Mills, uh, one quarterback that I really hyped up going into the draft. Um, like for no reason, I'm really confused. I was still, still don't know the. He was logic a top him. prospect coming out of high school. He has one of the best arms uh, I've seen in a while, and one of the biggest things that he was missing was a running game, or what at least in the scouting reports. But watching some film, he still showed a good bit of physicality while he was running, and he wasn't afraid to take it in. Um, so I felt comfortable with him. I felt like that was what a lot of people were saying was his only downside, and I didn't see it as that big of a downside. I think he can be a solid pocket passer in this league. And so I have him, uh, my bull take is that I think he'll finish as the starter for the Texans and that he is worth a late round flyer. He's a guy that I'm going to grab in not only in SFB, but I'm going to maybe look to grab him in redraft even too. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, in SFB, I get it. It's like super flex. Um, I'm not actually sure if Davis Mills is still available in my league. So you would tell me with my quarterback situation, Joe Burrow, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Zach Wilson to drop maybe like Jeff Wilson and pick up Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, right no, ad- no, no. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, it's a super flex, but at the same time, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was kind of, honestly, okay, so for this take, Here's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to take a full L on this. Oh, my gosh. I think this is a – I'm going to say three and a half out of six because Davis Mills ended up finishing as QB 30, and he did end up finishing as the starter for the Texans. Okay. So, you know, I'll take a half. Point. He had some decent games, I guess, but my guess. And he was worth a rate that from. I should take 3.75 out of six. No, no, no. Okay, fine. You, only get a half. you said he was worth a late-round flyer and redraft. No way. <laughs> okay 3.5 out of 6 okay fine oh, he did finish as the starter though which is pretty good for a third round QB to predict that so that's all I'll say well oh my but you said he was worth a late round flyer that Davis Mills take was your Tevin Coleman okay come on please give me a good one please right. my take Elijah Moore will finish ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster in fantasy football for 2021 this yes is Juju is the wide receiver three on his own team this team has added Najee Harris and Chris. We really right this that we expect Najee Harris to take on a 250 plus carry workload along with a sizable amount of targets and receptions. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So if that oh, happens, yeah. this is a team that gave Deontay Johnson 144 targets last year. This is a team that has a freak 99 percentile graded out athlete in Chase Claypool. I don't. This is a team that has Eric Ebron, who will get targeted in the red zone by Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. and this is a team who drafted a second-round tight end in Pat Fryermuth to catch a lot of those underneath throws that Juju would normally get. This is also a team that still has a pass-catching running back in Jalen Samuels, who I don't think is going to be completely gone. So, all of this, I don't see how Juju is going to get production, given that all of his receptions last year were near the line, like his yards per catch or his at least yards per target was like under seven last year. Juju finished okay in fantasy because the Steelers threw a ball, the ball a lot, but this is going to become a lot more of a run first team. He had 8.6 yards per reception last year and his yards per target, his um, or his yards per target was 6.5. 
That is incredibly low. That's lower than even the like lower than a lot of running backs, which is just it's just crazy. Like here, let me look up like JD McKissick, a pass catching back. If he, even these guys can compete with Juju in yards per target because his throws are all near the line. And it's just, that's not good for fantasy production. They're going to try to move him to the outside a little bit more this year, but he's shown he's not good on the outside. Despite his size, he's not a dominating player. Um, Yards per JD McKissick had 7.4 yards per catch. And um, let's see, it was yards per target. I'm trying to find it. 5.4 yards per target. So actually I was incorrect. JD McKissick. Only, but still, for a running back like him who catches all of his passes on screens, having a 5.4 yards per target and Juju had 6.5, that still like shows just how low he was. That's but um, overall, Elijah Moore is with a quarterback I really like with a good arm and Zach Wilson. Wilson may be a little inconsistent in year one, but he's got a good old line. So I have confidence that he can at least put up some production this year. That's why I drafted him and Elijah Moore in SFB. And Elijah Moore is a super, super talented route runner and has incredible hands. If you just watch his highlights, you can see that. Although if you're trying to get an analysis, don't just watch his highlights, obviously. But I have Elijah Moore as my wide receiver 39. Juju is my wide receiver 48. This is not a question of who I would take in drafts. I would take Elijah Moore very easily. And he's going to. Let's go. Yes. Good take, Finally, Good, good take. job. Mm-hmm. You are one for six now. Or yeah, one I mean, five. I think Juju no, obviously six. didn't, like, he got hurt, but Elijah Moore still did really well. Mm-hmm. And Elijah Moore yeah. got hurt. Elijah Moore would have been better. So, yeah, one for six. Let's go. <laughs> and Elijah Moore was better. Juju was like the wide receiver, 130. Juju mm-hmm. overrated. I can't wait. I can't wait till he goes to a new team next year, Chris. And everyone's like, Juju wide receiver one season. And then he's going to suck again because he's mm-hmm. not built for that role. He's a good player, but not a wide receiver one. And I can't wait to yep. argue that for the third year in a row and be right for the mm-hmm. third year in a row. Okay, ready to move on to the tight end preview yep. episode where we got our sixth takes each. How many takes do we have? You had six. Well, I guess seven if you count the John Brown takes. So then I had 11. So actually we'll have just mine aren't that long after that, but we have like four more that are just mine. But mm-hmm. uh we'll go through those quickly so that you don't just have to listen to me go on and on the whole time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh let's see. Let, my, I actually went first in this episode, it looks like. So go to 1049. Um, here we go. Skip, 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 skip. I didn't realize I had to start playing the episode to get there. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So let's go to bold takes. This is, I think, uh, this is number six, I believe, uh, for our bold takes. So we're halfway through, Chris. Uh, do you think you still got a few more left, or are you running out of good bold takes? To make? I am starting to run out, but uh, I, I like mine that I have here. <laughs> okay, I think we'll be able to make it to 10. Uh, I, mm-hmm. At least I think I will, although they might get a little bit less spicy as we get late. But we've got mm-hmm. some spicy ones so far, and you can go back to each of the previous five episodes to hear them. My bold take is Jamar Chase will lead the Bengals receivers in fantasy. That's not a bold take. What is, is that he will be a top 15 receiver overall next year. This is going to happen. Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow at LA was an incredible connection. And as such, I mean, well, first of all, Jamar Chase sat out the 2020 season, so we didn't get to see what he could do. But he was able to prepare himself for the draft, become a more polished receiver overall. Uh, which maybe lifts some worries on some slight inconsistencies you might see on his film, although there really isn't much to critique. Joe Burrow requested this guy over one of the best tackle prospects we've seen in years in Penny Sewell. He requested him at the number five overall pick, and the Bengals selected him despite having two solid wide receivers in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase in 2019, 84 receptions for 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns, 21.2 yards per catch. This is incredible explosiveness. He will be open on deep balls. He is just T Higgins, but a better deep ball receiver and more dominating on the outside. In my eyes, like this is pretty much everything you want in a receiver, six foot one, 200 pounds, good build there. And I expect chase to be unlike most other rookie receivers and take the majority of the targets or the target lead in week one, because he's got that connection with his quarterback. This Bengals offense will be a lot better next year. I think Joe Burrow is going to be great. And I think Jamar chase will too. Uh, give me him as a top 15 receiver in. Um, yeah. In, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That was uh, your, that was going to be your response. We could hear that if you mm-hmm. want, but let's mm-hmm. go. I, an, another one. That was nice. Two in a row. And by the way, Jamar Chase had 13 touchdowns this year, and he had like 38.3 yards per catch on the touchdown. So that co- those college stats actually like turned out to be so relevant because he was so mm-hmm. good. He's so good at just making big plays. Yeah. Let's just actually hear your response to this for a second. Oh, I'm interested to see what it is. Redraft. 
Yeah, I love these rookie receivers and the fact that they've played with quarterbacks in the past. I mean, Devontae Smith has played with uh, Jalen Hurts, right? No, I'm just going to ramble mm-hmm. about other to attack Wailoa has played with <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember this part. But yeah, let's go. Nice. Okay, so is it two for seven then? Mm hmm. And what are you at right now? Um, I am at four for seven. What was three and a half for seven. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So in the first seven, okay, you defeated me. Oh, wait, or am I three and a half for six? No. Wait, what was my last? Because the John Brown. Oh, what was it? It was, um, Oh, we haven't played it yet. We're so stupid. We literally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's go to 14, 12 and play Chris's last bowl take because we forgot. Um, Here it is. 14, 12. Yeah, that was I was forgetting, too. I was like, what did Chris say? We almost skipped over it. Uh, quite a few spots higher than where he is on consensus. I have him as my wide receiver 30. So, mm-hmm. Chris, what's your bold take? My bold take is that Dallas Goddard will finish as a top five tight end next year. Oof. I don't like it. Explain. Yeah, Calvin doesn't like it, but uh, I think the targets are going to be there. I expect him to develop into a solid number one. And, uh, I mean, you've seen Coach Nick Sirianni use tight ends in the past, too. Uh, he gave Jack Doyle a ton of targets. So, I mean, I think there's definitely a, a big possibility here that he uh, takes the next step forward. I mean, I saw him taking over the targets last year, and uh, he was a really great red zone target as well. I expect that to continue. And I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be – need a secure number one wide receiver or a, a secure pass catcher because it's sad as it is. I mean, Devonte Smith coming in as a rookie is really the only good receiver. And I mean, as much as I love Devonte Smith, it is a little bit shaky that he's just a rookie and he's already their number one. Um, I think that Dallas Goddard is going to be that kind of consistent pass catcher that Jalen Hurts is going to need to look at a lot. And so um, I like him from that standpoint. And then, I mean, TJ Hawkinson was definitely up there in consideration for passing him, but, uh, I just trust Goddard's workload a little bit more, and I trust his role in that offense. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, I'm just excited for what uh, Goddard's going to do next year. So Goddard had a good finish to the year, and mm-hmm. he was he dominated Washington a couple times, but he was the tight end six. So, so yeah. that's a miss. <laughs> <laughs> you just flat out failed on this one. I'll give myself another half point. Um, I'll give myself this. I'll give myself that. We'll say four for seven. I he did finish higher than TJ Hawkinson too, which I predicted. So, yeah. Oh right. Yeah. That also contributes. I love TJ Hawkinson. I don't four think I made seven. a bull take on him though. Okay. Nice. I mean, that wasn't too bad. And we did see Dallas Goddard do a lot of the things mm-hmm. you said. It just didn't happen right away. I guess it just Dal- Dalton Schultz came out of nowhere, kind of. <laughs> if it wasn't for Dalton Schultz, it wasn't for <laughs> another tight end doing well. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one. All right, so this is after Chris was no longer a full-time host. So we've got just four quick ones from me to wrap this one up. Let's hear this at 4.12 in this episode. Yeah, just think- we don't have to hear your whole explanation, too. Just yeah, so. yeah, I'll cut it off quickly. But yeah, oh, Chris, I've realized you've never heard it in these episodes. So you're, mm-hmm. you're in some all-new content. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, just a okay, yeah, I, I started those all. I used to, like, by the, at the very beginning when we, like, started doing the solo shows, because I would have guests, I would do, like, two, split them into two parts each week. So I would, like, start talking at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was talking there. Um, Let's see. Let me skip to 407. Here we go. Uh, making sure that Saquon's back to full health. Austin, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I kind of bumped oh, Saquon shoot, down shoot, a little shoot, bit shoot. in my this rankings. This is the wrong episode. I mean, be- <laughs> Whoops. Okay, you want to hear some of this though? We could hear Austin. Actually, no, never mind. You can if you we can if we want, but that was that was no the guys. You have to you have to go back to listen to Austin. Maybe yeah, now back. you have to go back to the NFC North preview. <laughs> Whoops, that was the wrong episode. Now let's get to mm-hmm. the correct. Think NFC East preview. Okay, this is the right one. Hey guys, so I <laughs> that's funny. I sounded a lot more depressed in that one for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, let's see. Uh. Where is it? 409, I said. Um, oh, oops, it's having trouble. Oh, here we go. Play. Receiver two with upside for your team and then only improving as the year goes along. So, yeah, let's move on from that. I will give my bold take. And um, I think this one is a juicy one. It also involves a rookie. And I'm really excited for this because I feel like this this take about the Denver Broncos and very easy schedule in the second half of next year <gasps> really sets up their running back Javante Williams rookie running back for a potential mega breakout during the second half of the season and before I start I want to 
clarify that strength of schedule obviously is not everything at the beginning of the season. Things change drastically in ways that we can't predict. But I do believe partly because of the schedule and partly because of just the talent of Javante Williams, that he will be a top eight running back for the last six weeks of the fantasy season. So the Broncos have a week 11. And, um, but let's talk even before the week 11, by I want to talk about weeks nine through 17 weeks, nine through 17, the Denver Broncos play eight teams because they have eight different teams. Javante Williams by not a single one of those teams was outside above the bottom 16 in opposing rushing yards allowed per game last year. So basically wow. all those teams, again, in the bottom six okay, hey, hey, rushing yards allowed. Okay. So they allowed the One 16th most. They were a below average in that there. Wow. Javante Williams was the RB6 in the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll cut it off pretty quick since that was the um, – but basically what I talked about was I talked about the bottom 16 rushing defenses, and then I said, like, I mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I said he could have a Jonathan Taylor-type breakout. I said he mm-hmm. could – um. Impressive, he, could, they, he would have a backfield takeover after the bye, I think it was, which he didn't mm-hmm. quite, but like it was still top eight RB. Boom! I was so happy about this one. And very, that's a, on Twitter that was a really good take, Calvin. That is a full, you got a 100 on that one. Let's go. Is that three in a row? So I'm three for eight now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I forgot to cut it off quick, but I'm four for seven. Yeah. Will you beat my percentage? I don't think you will. Oh, oh yeah. See. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Four, Imagine four, if seven, you do eleven seven. bold takes, Calvin. You still only have the same amount right as I do. <laughs> no, that's not happening. You'll see. Um, we'll get to the next one, NFC West preview, and uh, just a minute and nineteen. I jumped into it right away in this one. Hey guys. Okay, I'm so tired of hearing myself say that. Um, here we go. Right here. You want to go hear that? Um, again, go check that out. But uh, yeah, I guess we can just jump right into my bold take. This is going to be bull take number eight for the offseason. And I've been, I guess, hinting that I'm going to do this one for a few weeks. But we've got it finally. It's the Devontae Smith bold take. Devontae Smith will be a top 30 fantasy receiver this year. Currently the wide receiver 38 on fantasy pros. And it's really, really mind-boggling to me. Because <gasps> the Jalen Hurts is it. not going to have a lot of guys to rely on in Philadelphia. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, the two... Okay. Devontae Smith was the fantasy wide receiver 31 this year. <laughs> Half point. Half point. Oh my gosh. That's what I did. It hurts. I know when Dallas Goddard was one he off. Was point he was 0.3 behind Kendrick Bourne. Ooh. You can take three quarters if you want. Oh man. Now, I mean, it was, a, it was a wide receiver 38, so it wasn't that far. I'll just take half a point, but... My gosh. Oh, that's so sad. Wide receiver 31. That is bad. Okay, let's keep listening just for a little bit longer. Hear what I had to say. Two tight ends there are going to be good for underneath options, but we don't, they don't really have like an outside guy, or at least they didn't last year, who could do anything, which caused Carson Wentz to struggle, which caused Jalen Hurts to struggle, at least in the passing game. Enter Devontae Smith, first wide receiver in 29 years to win the Heisman Trophy, 23 touchdowns against SEC defenses, and he's just all around an incredible athlete, great route runner, very skinny, only about 170 pounds, but even so, he has held up quite well, hasn't missed a game in the last two years despite playing against SEC competition, only missed two games due to injury in his entire college career. Devontae Smith is durable. Contrary to popular belief, contrary to what people like to think, oh, his weight will mean he can't handle himself in the NFL. First of all, I'd say he's already proven he's an outlier by winning the Heisman as a wide receiver for the first time in 29 years. But beyond that, he already did it in the SEC. He stayed healthy. It's not like he was hurt. He had. All right. I like that a lot. And guess what? Devontae Smith played all 16 games this year. Mm-hmm. The best ability is availability, and Devontae Smith has it. Devontae Smith is durable. You heard it there first. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, we love it. Okay. Want to move on to the ninth one? Sure. All right, here we go. Let's see what this one is. Yeah, wait, so what are you, Calvin? You're three and a half for nine, right? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Ooh, will he pass my four? He's got two more to get half a point. Yeah. I think I, I think I can do it, but we'll see here. I mean, honestly, yeah, I was, I feel like I was so right on this one, except being off by one spot, but then again, he mm-hmm. was the wide receiver 38. So I will be fine with taking just a half point here. 
So here we go. Here's the ninth. Sort of the mini absence from the podcast. Go check out the AFC East preview. Again, that one was recorded before this. I don't know what I was talking got about. AFC North on the show and got a bold take first. And we're going to start with the bold take. Marvin Jones will lead Jacksonville Jaguars receivers in fantasy points next year. And this oh, might did. not seem like a bold take to many of you, but Marvin Jones is a player who's just been drastically, drastically overlooked in fantasy rankings. Jones is fantasy pros is wide receiver 46, third out of the Jacksonville receivers. DJ Chark sitting at wide receiver 36, LaVisca Chenault sitting at wide receiver 41 are both higher. And what I found uh, seeing people via Twitter and just getting the general consensus, and I'm obviously this is sort of more of a feeling, is that people seem to be just not thinking about the impact that Marvin Jones is likely to have. And when they think about it, it's like, oh, Marvin Jones is kind of undervalued. Yeah, that seems to be the feeling. And when you think uh, that about uh, a guy, when a lot of people think that about a sorry, guy, was it? he tends to be. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. I think I passed you, Chris. But I guess I didn't pass you in percentage, so that's not that impressive. But Marvin Jones was the wide receiver 39. The next highest Jacksonville receiver. And he started off the year really well. So I was about to ready to victory lap it. But I even think he helped you because at the beginning of the year, that's what you're looking for. Just a short, I mean, he was like a fill-in kind of guy. Once mm-hmm. you know who the waiver wire guys are going to be, you can obviously drop him. But the next best guy was the wide receiver 63. It was LaVisca Chenault. And LaVisca Chenault didn't touch him. DJ Chark didn't touch him. Marvin Jones, when all three were out there, if you look at the splits, he was clearly the best receiver in Jacksonville. And I mean, I feel like if Urban Meyer wasn't just a stain on this franchise, Marvin Jones would have done even better. That's what I like mm-hmm. to think. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Worked out. So I'll give myself the full point here. So I got yep. four and a half. Four and a half for 10. Good job. Yep. And so I guess that's still not better than your percentage. Or is it four and a half of 10 or four of, no, it's not four or seven. But let's see. I think this 10th one, I remember what it was. It is wrong, but it wasn't necessarily my fault. But I mean, it might have been, might have been wrong anyway, but we'll find out. Or I mean, we won't. Hey, guys. Oh, I'm so tired of the hey, guys. Okay, ready for the last take, Chris? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Four awards. Sorry if I'm boring you with this, by the way. I will try to cut this one off quickly. <laughs> here we go. Today's show, going to talk some AFC South. And I guess we can dive right into it. So my final hold take for the offseason is here. And I was trying to decide this one for a bit. It was hard for me to decide. Not, I mean, I will admit that after doing nine of these bold takes, all of which I would say are pretty darn bold. So I'll be happy if I get a few of these correct. I've got I think I one last one left, and I'm starting to run out of ideas. So it did take me a little bit to find an idea, but I think I've got a good one. I'm trying to get one for this last bold take that I know, I mean, that, that I, not that I know will be correct. I'm not trying to like, I'm not 100% sure that this will be correct, but I feel like this is a relatively safe pick to make. And uh, yeah, and I sort of actually uh, did it went brought the threshold for it a little bit down. I'll explain. Basically, my take is Ryan Fitzpatrick will be a top 14 fantasy quarterback next year. I didn't say top 15. I wanted to make it even bolder because he's my quarterback 14. And he's the quarterback I possibly could to get as much space between that ranking as I could. Okay, we get the idea. I was talking about who he airs the ball out and stuff, but he got hurt. So. I'm giving myself a half point. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, no point for that. Four and a half for 11. I finished at four for seven or four for eight, right? Or for seven. Or no, four but for, yeah, that no, was, yep. You did better in the bowl takes, I guess. But I had some good ones. We both had some hits and I hope you stuck around because I feel like overall, these were meant to be bold takes. And so I feel like overall, if you listen to the podcast and you took our advice, you would have gotten that Najee Harris breakout. You would have held Javante Williams all season. You would have gotten that juicy breakout. Mm-hmm. You would have drafted Jamar Chase in whatever he was, sixth or seventh round, and you would have been great for fantasy. What else have we got? I mean, we had so much more, too. It was the, the Michael Pittman breakout. You would have had that. Would have had the um, – I'm trying to remember. There was well, – I can't even remember all the ones I hit on anymore. But it was the uh, – what was the first one Like in like number five or number six that I did where it was like, oh, Elijah Moore. You would have drafted mm-hmm. him. You would have enjoyed that five-game yeah, huge stretch exactly. of Elijah Moore. There's so much more, too, that I'm, like, forgetting right now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like overall there were some misses, but that's what happens in fantasy football. And I feel yeah, like if you hit exactly. on some of these. But the, the few that you did hit on were really good. So Exactly. 
And I mean, it's like if you're a lot of these guys you're looking for later. Some of them you were looking for earlier. But to be honest, like the Tevin Coleman pick wouldn't have killed you. The Jameis Winston mm-hmm. pick, the Davis Mills pick wouldn't have killed you. There are plenty of these that like wouldn't have killed you. But the point of the bold takes was to get you a few that broke out mm-hmm. and really yep. helped your team. And I feel like we had quite a few that did. So I feel like this was a success. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's move on. And we didn't embarrass ourselves as much. We actually were more polished podcasters than we were in our early days. Look back in episode 100. Um, But yeah, episode 100. If you were entertained by hearing us play back old audio clips, then you would love episode 100. So you should go check it out. Mm -hmm. But let's, Chris, you ready for some awards? I'm ready. Okay. Let's do this. Uh, Should we do like, I'm trying to see. So we got awards and I'm going to, we kept them the same as last year. We got most Mm -hmm. improved, biggest breakout, biggest bust. Best rookie, waiver wire winner, and fantasy MVP. And we've got honorable mention for each of these. I feel yep. like we have to at least do the epic win sound effect noise, at least for the fantasy MVP. But we'll leave those out so that it doesn't sound stupid every time. But ready? Do you want to announce the first one, Chris? We got most improved. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I see it. Like, I thought you were like, oh, you want me to announce it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying like, are you ready to announce it? I'm ready. The most improved quarterback. Oh, goodness. Oh, I've got the right drop, too. I've got a good one for that we can play, actually. The most improved quarterback was Mr. Aaron Rodgers from QB11 to QB. Oh, oh my. You're reading last year's awards. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, we were going to go through 2020's awards. Most I was, was kind of confused. I was like, did we put Aaron Rodgers? I don't think he improved that much. I said from 2020 right there. <laughs> What a start. Last I, know, I thought it was awards. It. And like, okay. as I was going through, I was like, wait, something's wrong here. <laughs> okay. Well, here's what we put last year. Our most improved was Aaron Rodgers. Biggest breakout was Stefan Diggs. Honorable mention, Calvin Ridley. Biggest bust was Michael Thomas. Honorable mentions, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell. Best rookie, James Robinson and Justin Jefferson. Honorable mentions, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Herbert. Waiver wire winner was James Robinson. He probably like should have. Oh, wait, he was best rookie. I, I literally blanked that out of my mind as soon as I said it. Uh, honorable mention, Justin Herbert. And then the fantasy MVP was Dalvin Cook. Honorable mentions, Alvin Kamara, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, Stephon Diggs. That was a big QB year, for sure. But for 2021, you ready to actually announce the most improved, Chris? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, go for it. Let's do it. The most improved fantasy player in 2021, as decided by Calvin and I, was Leonard Fournette. Sounds like like a small auditorium clapping, but that's the best applause sound I could find. Pretty good, though. Leonard Fournette deserved it. He jumped from the RB, I think, 38 to the RB5. He was pretty great, and he gets most improved. Honorable mentions. Uh, you want to go ahead and read them, Chris? Sure. So the honorable mentions are James Conner and Joe Burrow. So, I mean, Leonard Fournette, what did he jump from? I think he was... RB, what did we look 38 at? 38 or something to five? 38 to five. So what a jump. I mean, he just totally took over that backfield, which I did not expect. I was one guy that liked Ronald Jones. But Ronald Jones started out the season as a starter, and I remember he started out with a fumble within, like, I think the second drive. And then since then, Leonard Fournette took over and just started to play really well. And he had a great season. So uh, overall, really good job by him improving. And uh, James Conner and Joe Burrow also had uh, some nice improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing I was surprised about with how much you loved Ronald Jones is that there was no Ronald Jones bold take to play back on the show. Mm-hmm. But if it's if there's no bold take for it, it didn't happen, as, as nope. we say. Mm-mm. We took yep. this very seriously. So, yep. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Um. So that's it. I guess you want to announce next the biggest breakout? The biggest breakout from 2021. I need to, like, have, like, one of those little, like, folder things that they open, like, on the Oscars, you know? Mm-hmm. Read it out. Cooper Cup. Really, just a fabulous season by Cooper. Um, thank you for the applause. Uh, Cooper, really just a, a fascinating season that he put together there. <laughs> fascinating season. Jumped all the way up to the uh, wide receiver one. In fantasy. 21.5 PPR points per game. Oh, my goodness. That is a lot. He was great. And he had a really? legit argument. He has a legit argument for fantasy MVP. And you'll find out if he won two awards or not later. But, wow. Biggest breakout. And then you got our honorable mentions, Chris. Mm-hmm. The honorable mentions for this award are Devo Samuel, Jamar Chase, and Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, getting on twice already. 
and then Cordero Patterson and Mike Williams, who you forgot. <laughs> Those guys weren't quite as good, oh, especially Mike Williams, who kind of fell off at the end. But we figured he did great. He should be a, he broke out from nowhere, too. That was a fair honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the category that we hate. Do For biggest bust, do we want to do applause or do we want to do something negative for these guys? <laughs> um, a boo. Can we get a boo? Let me see. Because they could have ruined some fantasy seasons, including mine, where I had one of them. Okay. I had both of them. In, I'll try to find one in different leagues. But here we go. I'll read it. The biggest bust in fantasy 2021. This award is split because two were equally as bad. Saquon Barkley and Allen Robinson. Oh, no. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I didn't know what was coming. I just clicked on the first thing I could find. That was really too free. <laughs> that was perfect. Um, yeah, and then honorable mentions, Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley, who were both uh, struggled with some not managing to get on the field situation. <laughs> yeah, and Calvin Ridley struggled when he was out there too. But Michael Thomas mm-hmm. out, missed the whole year, didn't play, pretty bad. Yeah, it was bad. These four players really hurt. Really Angry crowd. <laughs> 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 that was that was a different one but yeah that was pretty funny mm-hmm. i think that was a good pick for uh let's see yeah so honorable mentions michael thomas calvin midley i guess we now got the best rookie chris you want to announce the best rookie the best rookie was as decided by calvin and i jamar chase and really just a fascinating season he took the i love the use of the word fascinating over and over again then honorable mentions Honorable mentions, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Jalen Waddle, and all around just a really good year for the rookies in general. Jamar Chase, what a season he had. I mean, the reason we put him ahead of guys like Najee, I, I mean, I had his main competitor there was Najee Harris, was just that last week performance, week 17, 11 receptions, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. That is a league-winning performance, and I think that makes him the most valuable player. Maybe he, overall, the whole season, you could make a case for Najee Harris, but I think Jamar or Jamar Chase's consistency and that that final big game puts him ahead of all these other guys for me. Yeah, Jamar Chase went for it all. I mean, he knew it was mm-hmm. going for an SGF pot award in week 17, and he <laughs> yep. And then Javante Williams goal. was great, Jalen Waddle as well. They deserve mm-hmm. to be mentioned for sure. How about mm-hmm. the waiver wire winner? There were actually a few good, three really good waiver wire players this year. And uh, the winner, though, Corderell Patterson. What an <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize it was going to be so loud. It just completely cut you off. <laughs> it's okay. And Corderell Patterson, I mean, just, he was a great waiver wire pickup. But then a lot of people were like, sell him. You know, he's he's only a, a two-week waiver wire guy. Nope, he turned into a consistent fantasy back that you could trust on a weekly basis. And that's really all you want from a waiver wire guy. Mm-hmm. And then honorable mentions? Um, the honorable mentions were Elijah Mitchell and Hunter Renfro. Pretty good year. I mean, some we didn't have a James Robinson necessarily. Or Cordero Justin Patterson, Jefferson. Though, was not, maybe not as good as James Robinson, but he was pretty darn good. So mm-hmm. that was yep. pretty solid. Waiver wire winner. And now the big award. It is Fantasy MVP, Chris. And surprisingly, someone that hasn't made it on this list yet is going to walk away with Fantasy MVP. And I think it's far and away the easy choice. Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> uh... <laughs> What a season from Jonathan Taylor. What a guy. Great for the Indianapolis Colts. And, uh, yeah, just a historic season. He took it down. Easily the best running back in the game. Honorable mentions, it was not Cooper Cup who won because RBs are more important than wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And we will stand by that. Jonathan Taylor helped your team more than Cooper Cup. And then Austin Eckler was great as well. Don't overlook Austin Eckler. Had an incredible mm-hmm. season as the RB2. Yep. And he was really in a tier of his own as well. So congrats mm-hmm. to everyone. Now let's get one final round of applause from this massive crowd. <laughs> and with that, we've wrapped up a fantasy year. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Our what a fun episode. This year. was our second year doing it. Our second full year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have started this podcast 21 months ago in March of 2020. We're now here in wow. 2022. So I guess it was 22 months ago, actually. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or did crazy. I say 22? Maybe I said 22. No, you said 21. Oh, uh, okay. That is crazy. Jeez. 
All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for hopping on. Thank you for being here for a lot of this ride. It has been a lot of fun. And Mm -hmm. I guess we'll be doing a Super Bowl preview episode on on this podcast in a few weeks. Maybe we'll try to get you to hop on that as well. That should be Mm -hmm. be a lot of fun. And that's obviously been a tradition for us, I guess, a one-year tradition technically as of last year. Mm -hmm. But um, still a lot of fun. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed. And I hope some of those calls really helped you win your fantasy championships. So follow us on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF, at SGF pod. Second goal fantasy at gmail.com is the email. I'll keep you posted on the schedule. As of now, I think the plan is to go on hiatus and the, for now, but the Super Bowl preview episode will be out that Monday mm-hmm. before the Super Bowl. So six days before, but for now, I think we'll probably be going signing off for a couple of weeks. So I have had a lot of fun with you guys this season doing the episodes. Chris hopping on for episode 100. We had the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. episode. We had a lot of special episodes this year. And so it's a yep. lot of fun. Uh, Chris, mm-hmm. you got anything else you want to add for the listeners before we go? I don't think so. Just a really incredible fantasy season. And thanks for uh, allowing all you guys listeners. Thanks for allowing us to be part of your season. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Everyone who downloaded. And yeah, we'll be back. Weekly episodes in the off season coming for mm-hmm. you. But yeah. I guess. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you at the Super Bowl. Great to have the best all-time rankings.